Hey everybody and welcome to the Nine Leaders Podcast. Today is the day that I've been talking about forever. <laughs> Liz Orr of Rude Ass Enneagram is on the show. I got to interview her last night. Uh, such a cool, genuine person. Loved, 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 loved talking to her. Uh, I really hope that you guys enjoy hearing from her. She's super um, well-informed on the Enneagram, super articulate, super, super self-aware. Uh, and uh, this is a was not intentional, so please don't think that I'm brilliant in setting this up, but uh, Liz is an eight on the Enneagram, so after coming out of our week of eights, we uh, we we have an eight to talk to. Um, so that's super cool and a little bit of um, a bit of a happy accident there. So uh, I will do all the housekeeping at the end. I don't want to keep you guys from this interview because it was super fun to get to do. Thank you guys for listening. If you don't already, go and follow Rude Ass Enneagram on Instagram. Super fun account. All right, that's enough of that. I hope that you enjoy the episode. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Nine Leaders Podcast. I'm here with Liz Orr of Rude Ass Enneagram. Liz, hey, thank you so much for being here with us. Yes, absolutely. Thanks for inviting me. Yeah, it's uh, I've really enjoyed your account, so it's great to finally get to chat face-to-face with you. Yeah, thank you. Uh, so tell us a little bit about yourself. Uh, what do you What do? you do? Where are you? What's What's your story? Sure, yeah. So um, I my name is Liz, um, and I actually live in North Carolina, in Winston-Salem, North Carolina, and I work in the chaplain's office at Wake Forest University. Um, so in my real life, I'm not only mean, but also nice in ministry. <laughs> um, and I've, I've been down here for five years. Um, I grew up outside of Boston and, um, moved down to North Carolina when Wake Forest offered me the job. So here I am and here I've been. Great, great, great. So you said you're a chaplain at the university? Yes. Great. Yeah. Cool. What kind of, um, what, what, what's the background? Like, how do you become a chaplain at a university? Yeah. <laughs> um, so I, I went funny enough, my, my undergrad is not really relevant. Um, I studied history in undergrad. Um, but I got my master's degree in pastoral ministry. It's a master's of arts degree. And I, I got that from Boston college. Um, and things that it's kind of a mix of theology as well as counseling skills, um, and then there's also a field ed complace, um, placement component to it. So my um, field ed was actually in the only women's prison in Massachusetts. So okay. prior to moving to North Carolina, I actually did a lot of work um, in nonprofits and and with marginalized communities, which is actually how I first became introduced to the Enneagram, funny enough. So um so I made the leap to higher ed and kind of dug in a little more. But my first foray was while I was living and working in this intentional community, serving um, men experiencing homelessness. Okay, great. Yeah. So, so tell, walk us through a little bit about that. How did you first come into contact with the Enneagram and what did that, what did that look like for you? Yeah. So I directly after college, um, I knew that I didn't want to jump right into grad school. I wanted to um, get out of the the bubble of college for a little bit. And um, service work had meant a lot to me in college. So I signed on to live and work for a year in this 
this nonprofit organization um, that, again, we we lived upstairs in the back bay of Boston and ran the soup kitchen that was on the street level. Um, and the director of the nonprofit understood that it is difficult to live with people and it's also difficult to work with people. And when that group of people is the same people, it's quite difficult. Yeah. And so knowing that she actually brought in a friend of hers, um, just to run an Enneagram workshop as a tool to give to us, like for, for self-awareness and to, I mean, for all of the, the things that the Enneagram invites us into, which is deeper compassion. Um, and so we had this like three hour workshop, I think, with the folks who lived there. And um, it was nothing high tech. And I'm pretty sure I still have like the paper packet. And this was eight years ago. I'm pretty sure I still have the paper packet that we were going through. Um, but at the time, I incorrectly typed myself as a type two, the the nurturer. Um, and particularly what resonated with me was that experience of like deep woundedness when I wasn't being appreciated or acknowledged yeah. that I was like, Ugh, which is a common experience for folks when they, um, when something resonates with the Enneagram, cause it just has that way of like hitting a nerve for you. Right. Um, and so I, for a long time, I believed I was a two and I went through most of my twenties, like kind of not really digging deeper into the Enneagram, but just understanding myself in light of type two. Um, and then when I actually came to Wake Forest, um, I, I work with undergraduate students and I have in particular, I have a, a leadership team that I work with out of the campus ministry that I serve. And so I wanted to give them this tool that had really spoken to me. And so I'm going through the Enneagram with them and, and just sort of, again, doing that kind of like um, brief overview surface flyover of the mm -hmm. types. And we get to the type eight description. And there's this one line in the book that I was reading, which is the, the essential Enneagram. And it was, um, you might not win every fight you're in, but they'll know you were there. And every single one of my students were like, oh, that sounds familiar. <laughs> like just, <laughs> just completely called me out. Yeah. And the more the more I dug into the eight, um, the more it, it exposed me. And, yeah. um, in particular, the, the really contentious relationship I have with my own vulnerability, um, mm. the instinct to defend and, and rise to protect those who I perceive as vulnerable. Um, and also really the like instinctive level, way of experiencing the world, the strong gut reactions and, and the way that I take in the world, which, which in like happens first in my body. And mm -hmm. then I recognize, oh, this is an emotion I'm experiencing. And then I'm like, okay, I got to do the work to like, think it out to express it right. well. So that, that was my journey. Um, and really figuring out that I'm an eight pivoted a lot for me, um, and changed a lot for me in a way that the two really didn't. The two just kind of like, let me sit in some self-pity. Um, but the eight, <laughs> the eight really challenged me, um, to, to grow and to stretch and to, 
not be so self-pitying, but, but kind of realize there's a lot that I have the stamina for, um, but it's, I need to push through it. Yeah. Yeah. That's interesting that you would mistype as a, as a two. It's, it's a good thing as, as eights go to, they go to two in health. So, well, I don't think I was, but (laughs) I know that's, I don't want to make the claim that like I was healthy at 22 years old. I was super healthy for like eight years and thought I was a two and And it was great. Fell apart. Right. (laughs) No, 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 no. I, I do hold what I, I think is like kind of a controversial, uh, opinion in the Enneagram world, which is, I do think that we can pick up both the healthy and the unhealthy aspects of our security and our stress points. Sure. Yeah. 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 There's a, I think it's, it's irresponsible for us to think that every situation is, is dualistic. Like, am I healthy right now or am I unhealthy right now? I'm a little bit of both right now. Which eights love to think dualistically. Oh, we love it. Like that's our favorite way of understanding the world. Things are good or bad, healthy or unhealthy, right. like black or white. That's, right. that's very easy for me to go to. Right. And um, what I just said was a very fourth thing of like, well, we can just live in that gray area, right? <laughs> we can just hang out here for a little bit. Yeah, cool. It's, and it's, uh, it's unique. It's different. It's, yeah. yeah. No one's ever said what I just said. <laughs> Suck exactly. it, Ian Morgan Cron. <laughs> I'll be more four than you any day, bud. No. So yeah, so you mistyped as a two. That that kind of reflects my journey in that I I I mistyped as a one for a long time because um, mm. I am very principled and very um, justice oriented. Uh, right. But but then I do like to say, well, I was just really super healthy for a couple of years. I was going to say one is the healthy point. The healthy for point fours. for four. But right. you. I, it, it's interesting that you, you were in working in men's prisons is what you had said, or work with homeless women's men rather. Prison, women's prison, men's, yeah. um, right. homeless, right. uh, well, soup kitchen. Yeah. So that's, that's two places that are very much requiring of a, a large amount of compassion for people. And, <laughs> and I've been really exploring the eight in the last, that's week or so, uh, yeah. on the podcast and just really laying into eights have a ton of compassion that I feel like is overlooked and ignored by a lot of other types who kind of just see the the aggression and the the, the push. Also, sometimes forward. by us. <laughs> Talk about that. So your your own compassion is overlooked by yourself. Yeah. Well, it, it's so to to put it best. Nadia Bowles Weber actually put this best, and she's a type eight. She's a, a Lutheran pastor, and she's who I want to be when I grow up. Um, she's but just north her- of me. She's up in Denver. I'm just a little bit south of her. She's a lovely woman. She's so cool. Um, So she, she said this in a book. She was talking about a friend of hers who she goes to for confession. Mm -hmm. And she was saying, this woman is so compassionate and lovely and warm and accepting and exactly all of the things that you want in someone who you go to confession and, and to receive absolution from. And her friend said to her, Nadia, you have all of those qualities they're just not your favorite things about you. <laughs> yeah. Which I think is true for a lot of eights. We we do really like to overemphasize um our rough edges and our sharp corners and the the stamina and the toughness and um and we the, because the tenderness is vulnerable. Mm-hmm. It's it's And that's just like, we're so afraid that that is going to be exploited. We've seen it exploited in others. We may have experienced 
having it exploited within ourselves. And it is a very scary thing to say, yes, I have this softness. I do possess it. And actually it's, it's a huge part of me, which means a huge part of me is vulnerable. Yeah. Well, yeah. yeah. So do you, do you find that it's easier to express that compassion in your work instead of saying it? So it's easier to go into these, these fields that require compassion and then I don't have to say it, but I can do it, which is very much a body centered thing. I can do these acts of yeah. compassion, but I don't have to say them out loud. Yeah. <laughs> I feel very called out right now. Uh, I don't think I've ever thought about it in that way, but I, I think that's exactly what it is. I can, I can embody the compassion that I know is there, but I still don't like other people can see it. Um, but they, they see it in my action. It's still a very like active, right. you know, um, exertion of it. Right. And, and not so much like a soft admission. Yeah. Yeah. That's interesting. So in, yeah. in those roles and in the role that you're, you're currently in, cause you're in a different role now, how yeah. much has that, that fear of giving up control played a role? Mm. I think probably more so now because I, I know it's there. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think, um, it's, it's funny. It's this strange, I've, I've kind of, I've been kind of like a control freak in recovery recently. Um, in that I think there was so long where I wanted to prove my worth, um, by like how much I could do, how much I could take on outside of my job responsibilities. Um, and there was also, and I knew it wasn't, like I knew it wasn't logical, but there was this fear that if I don't take the lead of this, it'll fall apart. Mm -hmm. And we can't like, you know, it's whether it's a giant event for the university or, or like cooking on a Wednesday night for my students, that's not true. It's not true that it's going to fall apart if I step back for a minute. Um, but I think, there was this not logic based fear that if I'm not the one doing it, it's not going to be done well or right or at all. Yeah. Um, and also like, I want to show how tough I am that I can do all of these things. Yeah. 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 That makes sense. And I, I, I talked a little bit today in, in the podcast about like how eights can start walking into health. And you sort yeah. of hit hit on that a little bit in that like releasing control in yeah. maybe some smaller things, yeah, and then seeing that oh it it everything was fine, like yeah. the world didn't burn just because <laughs> I wasn't in control. So right. so is that is that a practice for you or is that something that just sort of happened that you you'll you sort of intentionally give away little pieces of control and then sit with that emotion of how does this how does this feel for me right now to not be in control? Um, it's it's. It, it's context based, I sure. think. Um, I think a lot, like a large part of why I say that I'm like currently kind of in recovery from that overexertion is because I came to this realization that um, that it wasn't sustainable for me. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, it, it wasn't sustainable for me to believe in this myth that 
I had to control all of the things um, and that I had to prove to everyone how um, how tough and how strong I am by doing all of the things. Um, and to, and some of it was also like, let me make myself a little bit vulnerable by not constantly proving my worth, right. By just trusting that I've done enough Mm -hmm. to show that I have value showing up in who I am has value enough. And I don't need to keep reaching and stretching and pushing myself, um, into being worthy. Yeah. 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 That's great. That's great. What other, I I outlined some options for eights that are wanting to move more towards health today, but what, or or, or I'm recording this on the same day, but what, what are some options that you would throw out there? What have you done to move more towards health and integration that's worked for you? Um, I think again, like eights have a tendency to really, really push themselves. Mm -hmm. And so to just sit and take time where you're not actually actively pushing against something, (laughs) um, it's very uncomfortable, but it is very valuable. Um, and, and I think also for me, relationally speaking, um, I think, it's, it, it's hard because I almost like there's this bodily reaction when I want to cross, like cross the vulnerability threshold Mm -hmm. with a person who I know I can trust, but like there, I can feel resistance in my body. Um, and so pushing through that and trusting that even if that person doesn't hold it well, that's not a value value statement on me. Mm. Um, and it's hard. I mean, there are days where I just have to fake it till I make it. And there's, there's things that I'm still very much, um, working up the courage to open up towards, but, um, but I think, um, just, just telling myself that no matter what the reaction of someone else, um, it is okay. I will be okay. And, um, my strength is actually in the softness that it takes to, to show that yeah, or to, to share that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thank um, you for being open about that. Even that answer yeah. is, is a fairly vulnerable answer. <laughs> and that's a side of an eight that we don't often see because yeah. they're, they're, they're so, there's a wall up, you know, oh, yeah. of, of uh, mistrust or, or whatever it is. There's a fear yeah. of what will happen if you're vulnerable. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Uh, understanding the system, I understand that it took a great step of courage to, to be vulnerable. <laughs> so thank you. I want to sure. honor that. And oh, you thank yeah. you so much for sharing that with us. Um, yeah. So that's a great step towards, towards health there. So it's serendipitous that you happen to be an eight and I've been talking about eights for the last yeah. week. What, is there anything that I've missed? Cause today, Thursday, not Friday, Thursday was the last day that I'm going to be on eights. So what have sure. I missed that eights need to hear that I didn't say? you said a lot of really beautiful stuff. Um, <clears throat> I, I really, really appreciated, um, what, how you spoke about like gender and eightness, mm-hmm. um, and, and encouraging women, women eights to own it and to step into it. Um, 
And um, I like I'm a big believer that everything belongs. Mm -hmm. And I know a deep fear for eights is the fear of being too much Mm -hmm. that like our intensity and our energy, others can't hold it. It will turn people off. We'll be rejected for it. Um, but that too muchness belongs. I believe that because I think that there are places in the world where there's not enough. And so I would never, like, I, I don't, I reject the notion that eights are not too much. We are, and that's a gift. Yeah. Like, (laughs) um, I think, you know, there's, there's that saying that's like, you will be too much for some people. They are not your people. Right. Right. And so for eights, you are too much. And that is part of your, that is just a little bit of your gift to give the world and just step into it. And, you know, people are going to feel how they're going to feel and that's okay. Um, and you will be okay. So yeah, you're too much. And that's awesome. Yeah. I love that. That's, that's, that's really beautiful. I, when I teach about eights, I'll I'll often say that what I've, what I have learned through, through my fourness, because fours can kind of be a little bit much as well uh, in a different (laughs) way. We're emotionally too much. Right. Um, Right. To an extent, and there's, there's obviously some, some, some give and take to this, but Mm -hmm. I, I have had to teach myself that I'm not, I'm going to be me. I'm going to be fully me. And I'm not going to hold responsibility for how you react to me. Right. And I think it's a huge thing for AIDS as well. Yes. Y'all be fully you. You walk into the room and you dominate it. And if <laughs> someone's afraid of you because of that, you can't own that. Right. That's not on you. Right. That's on that's on them. Obviously, exactly. there's a balance to that in that yes. like how yes. ridiculous am I being right now? Like, for me it's like <laughs> am I being am I legitimately being over the top emotional right now? Right. Am I trying right. to force creativity when we really just need to do the job and not we don't have to do it in purple or whatever right, I'm trying right, to right, push right. right now. Um, but, but, but yeah, you, you are not responsible for how people react to you. You can right. do your best to be sensitive to that, but at the end of the day, that's on them, not on you. And I think that's important for fours and eights to, to learn. So yeah, I agree with Completely that hundred yeah. percent. Um, in the, when I did the series on how to relate to each number, yeah. what in that, did I miss anything with certain types? Have you found that certain numbers really gel well? I know I say at the beginning of each one that there is no such thing as a bad pairing. It takes intentionality on every part, but is there, is there any for you personally or for you maybe more on a, on a broader eight level? Is there a type that you just really love to get along with or types that are a little bit um, yeah. weird? I'm also going to turn my light on cause I'm starting to look creepy on the Skype camera. <laughs> You're not looking creepy to me, but oh, thank you. You answer the question. I'm gonna go turn a light on. Sounds perfect. Um, so type that I constantly find myself close with and gelling with is type six. Um, I love the sixes in my life. Um, and I think one of the things that I love so much about type six is that they are often very automatically suspect of authority mm-hmm. And I'm like, yeah, let's burn this mother down together. (laughs) Like, let's do it. You know, I love that they automatically question things um, and that they, they, they are challengers in their own right. They are constantly pushing to make sure that we have thought things all the way through. Mm -hmm. Um, And for someone who likes to just fire from the hip, I need that. I need that balance. And so my mom is a, is a type six. My 
best friend uh, from college and my best friend from high school and one of my closest colleagues, like they are all type sixes and I am so grateful for them in my life. Um, and then the time <laughs> I think <laughs> I, what's kind of funny is I think because it's the place I'm supposed to go mm-hmm. type two is like kind of tough for me sometimes. <laughs> um, because I think there's, there's a couple reasons for that. I think, um, I think the part of my eightness that wants to be independent and wants to like provide for myself and not be reliant on anyone else, which is the unhealthier part, um, really like rejects how type two just wants to like swoop in and, and baby be I'm like, yeah. get out of here. I'm right. good. Right. Yeah. Like, but I also know that that tenderness, that love, that like eagerness, um, that is where I'm supposed to go. And so I think there's like the natural resistance mm-hmm. of, oh, I know this is, this is how I, how I actually do want to be. I do want to access that tenderness, but like, you know, it's, um, so I struggle just conceptually largely with twos, but also just when a two like swoops in and wants to take care of me, I, I, my instinct is just like swatted away, (laughs) (laughs) which is not nice. Because I'm not vulnerable. Yeah. (laughs) Right. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. And that's interesting that you'd push against your, your, your healthy space, I think that's probably, I'd have to do more thought on that. But like, for me, I push against any sort of, um, structure being imposed upon me, which structure is uh, a very one thing. If, yes. if it's my idea, then I'm into it. But if it's right. not my idea, if you tell me what kind of structure I want, I don't piss off. I don't want, I'm not doing that. <laughs> I'm not going right. to, I'm not going to make my bed every morning because you told me to. But if I have the idea, maybe I should make my bed every morning. I'm going to do yeah. that. So that's interesting. I wonder if we, we push naturally against the, against the, the areas that we are supposed to get to. Yeah. yeah. Well, I have to say, so one of the, one of the things, the stories that you told in your podcast about eights, and I think it was the general one about the, the woman, the coworker that you have who like brought your mail yeah. in, right? Like slammed it on your table and you had a choice and you, it was so funny because as I was listening and you described what you did, which mm-hmm. was like, take that off of my desk, leave my office, go put it back in the mailbox and send me an email and then I'll make a choice. When I heard you tell that story, I was like, oh man, that's so badass. Like that's I was spicy. so impressed. You earned my respect. Right. Like, right. Just, and, and that is true for eights. We, when you push back, like when you stand up to us, we know that we can trust you yeah. and rely on you yeah. when something bigger is going to push on both of us. Yeah. What I left out of that story was then I had to like pace around for 30 minutes and go have a cigarette to calm myself down. Cause that's not, my, that's not my natural tendency to be right. that assertive. My natural tendency is just to be like, Oh yeah, sorry about the mail. But, <laughs> but that goes yeah. like the knowledge of the Enneagram is, is really great in teams because I knew she was an eight. So I knew she'd respond well to that. You know, right. if a right. nine walked into my office and did that, I'd be like, Oh, you're just having a really bad day. I'm going to take my mail and we're going to be okay. Right. Right. Yeah. But, but I knew who she, I knew that was how she reacted. I knew I, I could gain her respect that way. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so sixes to go back to, to what you said. I, I also love them and hate them. Um, <laughs> because I've got all these high ideas of all this crazy stuff I want to do. And they'll tell me here's 13 reasons why it won't work. I'm like, yep. Exactly. I didn't need that right now. Right. Right. Exactly. But I also exactly. know that probably 
50% or more of the time that I didn't listen. So one of my best friends and closest coworkers is a six. And the times that I didn't listen to him are the times that things went off the rails pretty quickly. <laughs> yep. Yeah. yeah. And my wife is a two. So I also love twos. I go yeah. to two in unhealth, which uh, I've right. tried to see that in a lot of ways. It's mostly in me just being petty about all of the <laughs> stuff that I've done for you and you've not, right. you've not given right. it back. Yeah. I think the, 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 the number that I have the most trouble with is a nine because uh, I think it's because of the merging, like yeah. nines merge with everybody and kind of become everybody. So right. as a four, I'm in this desperate search for authenticity. Right. And so when I see a right. nine merging with other people, I'm like, who even like, are you? How am I right. supposed to right. know you at right. a deep core level? Right. And so, so nines can frustrate me, but I do have a, a I have several friends who are nines that are really well integrated and they know when they're merging and they're really yep. delightful humans. And uh, sevens are hard for me, but all of my relationship with sevens have been really, really tight once we've kind of gotten over that hump. Yeah, that yeah. initial, and it's me. I know it's me being like, <laughs> why are you so happy? <laughs> right. You couldn't possibly be this happy. I don't right. believe you. Right. Once we get over that hump, um, you know, my best friend in the world is a seven. And yeah. I think we, we serve each other really well in that he can pull me out of melancholy and I can yeah. pull him into melancholy him into when it, he right. needs to be pulled into it. So. Right, right. Yeah, it, yeah. and like I've said in all the other times I've talked about it, it just requires awareness on, on exactly. everybody's part. So, <laughs> Right, right. Well, it's one of my good friends said this thing to me, and it, it really messed me up, um, but I'm grateful for it because she said she, she – Every time there is a miscommunication, it is 100% the fault of both parties. Mm. Right? Yep. But so, like, absolutely true. Yeah. Yeah. So talk to me about the Instagram page, which I think <laughs> is just so delightful and charming. Um, <laughs> Thank you. Um, so Rude Ass Enneagram came about last summer. It's less than a year old. Um, I I started it it was, it was largely inspired because there are these other, so two things sort of like sparked the inspiration. Um, there are these emails that you can sign up for every day, any, a thought of the day, and mm -hmm. it's for your type. Um, and frankly, those are rude. Those, some days those are just mean. And I'm like, it, one, I remember one of them that was like, what if, what would it be like if you like let go of your normal, behavior patterns and weren't such a bulldozer every day. And I'm like, okay, like, all it right. Would, it would be a shit show and nothing would work. Right, right. Like, don't exactly. hold that mirror up to me. Yeah. Right, right. So there was like, there's that rude aspect of it. And then there's all these really funny accounts on Instagram about like rude astrology. And so I was like, well, this would be like funny to do with the Enneagram because it is such a, a like, it, you know, when you figure out your type, it's such an indictment. So like, how funny would that be? And so I just kind of ran with it. And, and the format has been really simple, um, from the start, which is just like screen grabs from movies, TV shows, things like that. Um, I don't type the, I'm not typing the characters. I'm just like pulling the scene and saying like, this might be how a four would react mm -hmm. or like, is, you know, this might be the internal monologue of a seven, whatever it is. So, um, it just, it kind of ran for a couple of months and I had a couple hundred followers and I was super excited about it. And then around Thanksgiving, it just like 
took off. Um, and it just, um, it's, it's been weird. Like, cause I wasn't, it's my weird sense of humor. And then it's the Enneagram, which not a, it's having a moment, but not a ton of people right. know about it as compared to like Myers-Briggs. Right. So I, I didn't think that there would be a huge audience for it, but I was incorrect. <laughs> so, yeah. And I, I have really appreciated that you've, you've typed scenes and quotes and interactions and not necessarily the characters. And it kind of sets yeah. your, you apart. You're not going in and saying like Joey from friends is a three, but you're saying right. like this comment that he made right. in this scene right. was the way that a three would say it. Exactly. And, but I think that really highlights something interesting is that I often, I, when I teach it, I'd say that we have all nine energies somewhere right. inside of us. We just have a dominant. Right. So, so to point that out to people and be like, yeah, you're probably right. Joey's probably a seven, but in this sure. scene, he is saying a very five thing to say. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And it helps to I feel like sometimes with, with Enneagram and, and any personality profiling, we get this concern that we're pigeonholing people. Right. And what right. I love about the Enneagram is it says like, no, you're, you're all nine of these things. You just have exactly. a dominant. So when right. you say this comment, it's a very two thing that you just said. Correct. And right. that's not bad. That doesn't mean that now right. you are a two. Like right. Just, you're right. You're a dominant eight, but you said right. a two thing. Right. You, you, you called me out pretty deep on the last four posts that you did with the, uh, <laughs> I think it was a scene from how I met your mother. Yes. Where Marshall makes some comments about death being all around us. Yeah. He and, gets a paper cut. And yes. He's like, death is all around us. Yeah. yeah. And, and I will, I will often like see stuff like that about the four. And I'm like, I don't do stuff like that. I'm not that dramatic. Am I? Uh, and then I, I sat down right before I recorded this podcast and I have to pull up the name of the playlist real quick. Yep. There it is. <laughs> I uh, pulled up my Spotify uh -huh. and there was a recommended playlist called devastating. <laughs> and the, the description for it, let me read you the description oh. is, the nice feeling of being punched in the gut by a song. And I was like, I bet I don't know any of these. And then I clicked on it. And like the first five songs was like, oh, those are bangers. Those are great songs. <laughs> it's like Radiohead and That's all awesome. these others. So yeah, yep. I, I get called into that quite a bit. Um, I did uh, vote pretty frequently in the meme madness. <laughs> Good. I was pushing pretty aggressively to get my favorites up there. And I think most of them made it to the end of the bracket. Nice. So I was happy about nice. that. Good. Um, yeah. So how has the community responded? I think you've, you've gained a lot of following in that. Has, has that been positive, negative? How is the, the lovely internet community responding to Root as Enneagram? I would say largely, 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 it has been overwhelmingly positive and beautiful and like not what you think of with the internet at all. That's good. Um, which has been just such an awesome experience. And um, you know, I, I, the, the thing about the Instagram is that I'm trying to hold a couple of things in tension, which is number one, at the end of the day, it's Instagram and it doesn't matter. Right. Like it's gonna, it's a, it's gonna be a flash in the pan. There's going to be a time where it's not like, a, you know, it's, it doesn't exist anymore or whatever, or it's not important or relevant. And let me like hold that and <laughs> keep my ego in check. Um, but the other thing that's really um, intention with that is that I do hear from people all the time about um, how maybe something I've phrased or a meme that I've posted has given them a language that they were like, 
oh, this, this resonates with me. Um, and I think there's something powerful about being able to laugh at our own bullshit. Mm -hmm. Like that is, that is courage. That is, um, strength. And that is, it, it takes the bite out of, out of, the self-sabotage that we all participate in. Yeah. And so, um, I, I want to hold that as, as important and, and rewarding and, and a special thing about the Instagram. And so it's, it's holding these two things and, and like trying to keep compressing my ego down and, and not like finding myself believing that I'm more important than I am. Yeah. The other thing that I will say is kind of funny about it is, stress point for eight is five mm-hmm. where we like pull back and observe and, and kind of like withhold personal information. And, um, that is absolutely a place that I sometimes watch myself go. Um, just like, I want, I want my followers to like be paying attention and laughing at themselves. And it's a little scary to like put my face up there, which I occasionally do, but it's, you know, I don't want it to become about me so much, um, which there is a balance to that. Um, you know, there's, there's some of it is guarding and, and unhealthy. And some of it is also like the magic of it is that we're laughing at ourselves. So, yeah. 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 I have a three wing, so I want everything to be about me. Um, yeah, I love, I love that idea that the Enneagram kind of has this trickster energy to it, which is very much like, no, this whole thing is silly. Like life is absurd. Life is just a big, fun, playful game that we get to play. So don't, don't take it so seriously. And as a four, it's really hard for me to, to, to live in that space. So accounts like yours and others that are kind of just taking this playful look at it are really helpful to folks like me who can't stop taking themselves so dang seriously. So thank you for for giving that outlet to people. I think that's a, I think that's a big deal. Well, thank you. And I, and that's exactly the sort of like feedback that I hold with, with honor and and gratitude. So thank you for, for sharing that with me. That means a lot. Yeah, absolutely. One more question. Yeah. Two more questions. Then I'll let you go. I like to ask this just because of course I ask this because I'm a four and I'm a musician. So what is the ideal theme song for a type eight? Ooh. Um, (laughs) i'm allowed to swear a little right yeah 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 you're fine great great i mean the one that immediately came to mind was move bitch get out the way okay (laughs) perfect (laughs) that's terrible isn't that um (laughs) yeah i mean when we're not in healthy space probably that um Although those sleeping at last songs, I don't know if you've oh, listened yes. to them. Oh, so good. Yes. Yeah. There's this incredible line in the in the type eight song that's like, here's a map, here's a shovel, here's my Achilles heel. Oh, oh my God. Like just, just takes my breath away every time. That's good. So yeah. Th- I mean, truly, that one is probably yeah. um the the one that feels like my soul is out there yeah so yeah that's great that's great yeah yeah those are both good ones uh nadia bowles weber was asked <gasps> that same question i can't remember i don't know if she was asked the question or if she just volunteered the information but hers was um killing in the name by 
oh shoot, Rage Against the Machine because <laughs> of the hook, which is just fuck you, I won't do what you tell me over and over <laughs> and over again. I think yeah. it's the most brilliant eight song. Yeah, those yep. Sleeping at Last songs are good. The for so it was the two is the one that actually hit me the hardest. And I, I, love I that song. And I think it's because I'm married to a two. And it was like, thank you for giving me language to to understand her interior world. Uh, yeah. Because I'm so I, navel gazy that when I heard the four, I was like, yeah, I get, I know. I've been in that for yeah, yeah. X amount of years. Yeah. So the two is just like, thank you for helping me understand my wife's internal world. So th- those were beautiful songs. Yeah, actually. So it's really funny. One of my good friends, like the, the songs had been out for a little while and many people were like, Hey, have you listened to these songs? And I was like, no, it's on my to-do list. But like, no, I haven't. Um, and one of my very dear friends who's a seven and who has said like, I'm afraid of eights. Mm-hmm. Um, he, he like swung by my office one afternoon and he was like, have you listened to these songs? And I was like, no, I haven't. And he was like, well, the seven's the best. Obviously I was like, all right. Um, and he was like, but I listened to the type eight song. And he said, I just walked away with so much compassion for the type eight, mm. just like overwhelmed with compassion. And so I was like, okay, I guess I have to listen to this. So, um, and I, I get it. I understand. It was just so beautifully. It was the story of the eight is there in it and you can see. uh, Yeah. Yep. Yeah. If I can get Ryan, whose last name I can't remember of sleeping at last on the podcast, then I can just die happy. Then I'll just retire at that point. Like I did it. I achieved the (laughs) pinnacle of Enneagram. Richard Rohr could be... come on, Ian Morgan Cron oh. could come on, but I just need Ryan from Sleeping at Last to come on yeah. and then I'll be done. He gets it. Oh man. He does, yeah. He really it's he... That We're nine, still waiting man. on Yeah, well we're still waiting on the type nine song, yeah. right? Yeah, we are, but he's a nine, which is why he's right. able to just right. slide into all the different types. <laughs> You're right. I feel exactly. like type nine is just gonna be like one sustained note. Just like I don't know what <laughs> nine is. Or just a, a mash. It's just a remix of the other eight. Yeah, that'd be perfect. That'd be perfect. That'd be great. Well, Liz, thank you so much for being here. What, uh, where can, other than the rude-ass Enneagram Instagram page, is there anything else where people can find you and follow what you're doing, or is that that more or less sure. it? Um, I mean, I have my personal page, which is linked on on the rude-ass Enneagram. Um, it's Liz Johnson or without any vowels. Okay. Um, and then I have rudeassenneagram.com uh, where you can you can kind of, see what I'm up to. And, um, I've got resources up there and I've got, um, just general shenanigans and my email and, and all of that. So yeah. Awesome. Great. Well, I hope that people reach out to you and kind of engage with your content, all eight of my listeners. So you're going to get eight more subscribers. (laughs) You're welcome. I'm as soon as this goes live, like I'm going to share it on my page. Um, and I hope that you get 50,000 more subscribers because this is, your podcast is so, is so beautifully done. And, um, and because you, uh, here's, because you are a four, I think you have such a sensitivity to how people hear and experience how mm-hmm. you're explaining their types and, and it's, it's beautiful. So thank you so I'm much. Grateful for that. Thank you. Yeah. I, I hope some of your folks come over here as well. Yes. Welcome new rude ass Enneagram listeners. I, I hope that you're enjoying <laughs> yes. the content. Well, thank you so much. I'm gonna, I'm gonna hit the end on the record button, but this has been delightful. I've really enjoyed having this conversation with you. So glad that I, um, that I reached out and that we were able to, to make this connection. I'm going to hit end now. Thank you guys for listening. Thank you for being here. Talk to you all 
Monday. That's how this, that's how the format works. Talk to you guys Monday. All right. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. Listening to that it was such a fun interview. I really enjoyed having Liz here. Hopefully someday maybe we can get her back on, answer some more questions about eights, but, uh, what a, what a real authentic delight just to chat with her. Um, never spoken to her before, uh, other than over Instagram. So it was really, uh, just a fun, pleasant, easy conversation to, to have, um, so yeah, I hope that you guys enjoyed that. A couple little housekeeping things. If you're listening to this on Apple Podcasts, please rate, review, and subscribe. It's super, super helpful um, just to get us a bit more traffic-driven to what we're trying to do here, which allows us to, to keep doing it better. Uh, so it would be super helpful if you guys would do that. Um, Tuesday nights, Colorado Springs crew, um, 6.30 at Discovery Church uh, here in Colorado Springs, Colorado, teaching an Enneagram class. This week we will be going over the two We've already done uh, eight, nine, and one. Um, so pop in for the two, and uh, we'd love to see you if you are interested in being on our mailing list, if you are interested in um, uh, leadership coaching, if you're interested in life coaching, if you're interested in spiritual direction, any of those things, shoot me an email at wade at nineleaders.com. We will get that set up. Uh, I would love to sit with you, help you figure out your type and how uh, the Enneagram can make your life and your leadership and your, your spirituality uh, just better and healthier and more whole and complete. So if you're interested in that, shoot me an email. Um, like I said yesterday, uh, I'm going to start taking Saturdays and Sundays and not releasing any content on those days. So I will talk to you all again on Monday. Also, if you're somebody who normally interacts with this over the Facebook lives or the Instagram lives, Monday, we will not have one because Monday we're going to start the nine. So I'm just going to clip that out of the audio uh, course that I'm working on. So it's already pre-recorded. We're just going to release it on uh, on Monday, so there won't be a um, uh, a video for that. So if you normally interact with this through that medium, you're going to want to go ahead and uh, download the podcast today and on Monday. So, all right, thank you guys so much for listening. Love you all. Talk to you real soon.